Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you from the Fairfield Comedy Club with the very funny Richie Redding. Richie, thanks for being here. Yeah, dude. I'm stressed out by this time constraint that we have. What? There's no time constraint. It's it's called The Hustle. It's a 12-minute podcast. Well, you know, it's give or take. I just wanted to let you know that you had time before. The only time constraint is that you have to get on stage soon and headline well, this shit. fuck this show. Fuck it, right? <laughs> fuck these people. <laughs> they just, like, wait for five minutes while we keep recording. Yeah, they're hanging out <laughs> in a continental breakfast area. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, there's there's pancake. There's a pancake machine. It just spits out pancakes. They'll live. Yeah. Do you know at that 20-person first show that I had a guy there that I haven't seen in 17 years? Yeah, I heard you mention that. It's kind of a, a crazy little tale there. Yeah, but it also, it never fails that, like, you know, when somebody dr- decides to drop in, it's never, like, you know, when I'm doing some dope show that I want everybody to see me, like, succeed. It's like, hey, <laughs> come see me fail. <laughs> you know what? Well, yeah, th- that show, too, like, sometimes, you know, this room, if you get to, like, 40-plus, is great. So, like, the 9 o'clock show tonight is great. We got, like, 50 people in there. It's, you know, going to be hot as shit. Yeah. 20 sometimes works. Yeah, well... But, like, that crowd, I, you know, it's a combination of factors. You have, like, the 7 o'clock show during the summer. I think the fact that there's, like, daylight existing yeah. makes it tougher. Um, and they just, like, they were polite, but they weren't, like... I think it's... I mean, it's me saying that, it's more just me being in my head about, like, you know, judging. I'm judging it for them. You know, and yeah. it's like I know how much better it gets, and uh, but you know, that's he, the he, thing. They all had a good he, time. Yeah, he's of course like, dude, that was rad. You know, yeah. I mean, well, he didn't say that because he's like almost a fucking general in the a, army now. He's not a twelve-year-old in the eighties. Yeah, he's <laughs> the, he, he actually had to uh, progress in life, unlike myself, that's just checked out of the workforce fifteen years ago. <laughs> so he said something really articulate, but in your mind, you were like, mm-hmm. oh, he said it was rad. Well, no, he was like, he was like, dude, that was great. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, I think they all had a good time, but it's tough when you like know. What it can be, yeah. Or what it should be, well, and, and then you. I had uh, I had a bunch of guys. So he was a rowing buddy of mine, and um, I, I had two guys that one of them had seen me a couple times, and he hit me up. I was doing uh, the Atlantic City Comedy Club, and it was thanks, not thanks. It was St. Patty's Day, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm going to come through with a couple guys from the team. They can't wait to see you." And I was like, "You, you really don't have to come to this because <laughs> I knew what it was going to be." Yeah. yeah. Dude, it was the drunkest sea of green you've ever seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I did a forty minute set. I I looked at my phone. I was twenty two minutes in before I actually completed a bit because it was just, just dealing with the madness, just putting out fires left oh, and right. That uh, I got in. I I finally got into something, and I almost it was this bit that it, it ends with a, a guy moonwalking, and this guy just it, just starts screaming. You fucking moonwalk. I'm like, what? He's like, you fucking moonwalk. It's so easy. Moonwalk. And he stands up. He's like, fucking moonwalk. And when I tell you, I eviscerated this guy. So what a ba- weird thing to get angry about. It was about. so bizarre. Yeah. And like, just You later find out he's like one of the kids Michael Jackson touched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and like I haven't lost it Lost it like that On somebody In a really long time And after the show I'm just like oh, I'm so embarrassed by that And these guys are like That was great <laughs> Like that is not Stand up comedy That's not what that is yeah. That's just Like taking my aggression out On somebody Sometimes you that have to, Really deserved it And it's weirdly Kind of like determining Like 
oh, if I really go at this person, am I going to lose the crowd? Or are they well, gonna, but if somebody's like standing up and swearing at you, then probably the crowd is like, fuck this maniac. Well, it has to get to the point where the crowd hates him also. So you have to give somebody enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah. And yeah, like the mistake that I always made early on was going straight to, I hate this guy. Yeah, just snap and then, at him. And if you hate one audience member, they think that you hate them all. Yeah. You know, but if they get to the point that they hate them, the problem it's, it's too the baby is, snake theory. Yeah. And it's tough because if you've been doing this, like, you know, right off the bat, like, this person's going to be a fucking disaster yeah. if I let them continue. So you want to cut them off early. Have you heard? But you don't want to cut them off too right. harshly. Have you heard the baby snake thing before? I don't think so. It's no. that baby snakes, you're, you're better off getting bit by a grown up snake because they measure and meter the threat and give out the venom accordingly. But a baby snake is just like <laughs> just fucking just unloads, off. yeah. So like, really? yeah. So if you get bit by a baby snake, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that you'd be like, oh, cute baby snake. Maybe it doesn't even have venom yet. Yeah, it's twelve minutes up yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've given this weird another one in the book. This weird uh, venom lesson. <laughs> Check out my podcast, guys. It's called Pets and Punchlines. My girlfriend's a veterinarian. You uh, you learn all kinds of really weird, bizarre animal shit. <laughs> Apparently, this time constraint was not a big deal for you at all. You're like, we're out of here. Here's where you can find me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't wait for my plugs. If I can get them in, daddy. So uh, you've been doing comedy for how long now? Uh, I started 15 years ago. 15 years. But I can... I kind of can't count the first five because I was such a drunk. Well, first four, I was such a drunk mess. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I got sober that I actually started to like, you know. Yeah. Show up when I said I would. That so are you sober? Sober? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Good I mean, for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't say it because I'm a great guy. It's just like I needed to. You yeah. Know, there, there's no other way around it. And so that was 11 years ago. Yeah. Nice. And that yeah. did that make a? Did you see like a big? change in your ability at that point or uh absolutely i mean if if nothing else there wasn't i wasn't doing shows blacked out like (laughs) i i I was always you know i i was funny but i I was new guy funny but like you know i was funny yeah i I would sometimes i i would kill but like without really having material yeah and you can only do that so much when you're getting drunk all the time that, like, you know, if it was a three-show night, I would black out by the third show. And they really don't give a fuck about those first two shows that you killed. You know, it's like, yeah. well, what about that other one? Yeah. You know, like, what happened? Like, were you recording sets? Like, were you able no. Like, no. So, so um, you might have even I had would, some, like, great stuff while w- blackout that you just, like, never got to capture or use again. Oh, shit. I just left a picture out there. That dude just gave me a picture of myself from 20 years ago. And... It's a bunch of guys that I recognize, and I was like, "Who's that retarded kid?" He's like, "That's you." <laughs> I, I saw a picture of you on Facebook today where you look like a fucking mess. That was not me. That was not you. No, they look like you. The guy in the middle. The there's like so three much shirtless like, people. Well, like, yeah. So I oh, okay. I just did Turner Sparks' podcast. Who's here randomly? Yeah, and we're people think that we're doppelgangers that we've both gotten the other one before. Oh, and, really? yeah, I guess I can see And I that. was flipping through this weird festival that this photographer took pictures of, and I saw myself. Uh, I sent a picture of it to my girlfriend. I sent it to my girlfriend. Uh, I was like, did I ever show you this picture? She's like, no, when's that? It, like, that's how much it looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah but no, I, like, it, it was it was one of those things of like, yeah, I'm not going to drink today when I saw that picture. I, I look retarded. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... 
so you've been doing comedy 15 years. How long has it been that like comedy's been like the primary? Were there other like um, jobs in the meantime that you were doing? No, I, the it's been it's been probably like eight years. Yeah. And the way that I was able to save up to to get a cushion to move up here was that um, I was doing rowing camps in the summer. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, the the first couple were right off of coaching a boat to a national championship so they so like the, like there was a lot of buzz about basically this idea that i have about rowing that like i have a theory about it yeah um, can you share so, that so these kids wanted to so, okay so here's <laughs> will it mean anything to me or will i just be like straight over okay head? so here is where the intersection of insane drug use and uh and <laughs> and, and overthinking things comes into play so uh, my, my drug consumption peaked when I had a, uh, I had a party at my parents' house and they, they lived on a river in, in South Jersey. They've moved since, but, uh, unbeknownst to them, everybody at this party was a drug dealer. And, <laughs> uh, after drinking and smoking weed all day and some opium and stuff, we all take a nap, we get up with some blow and then somebody's like, Hey, let's do some speed. And it's like, all right, cool. Next thing you know, there's, uh, like five or six hits, it's five or six hits of ecstasy in me, and and while everybody else is doing that, I also ate a bag of mushrooms, and I'm on a kayak at four in the morning, tripping my face off. Seems like a bad place to be. And playing with half sticks of dynamite, <laughs> and what the fuck? I set off this stick of dynamite and just boom. And I had this theory. I had a an an epiphany about how the laws of motion affect all athletics. And all I could talk about was the laws of motion. I mean, all I could talk about. And it lasted like a month, right? And it was to the point where I got into an ac a car accident because I was tripping while driving and thinking about, like, you know, centrifugal force or some shit. And, uh, and I knocked this lady's bumper off. And I jump out of my truck and I proceed to explain to this lady how there's a transfer of potential energy into kinetic energy, which oh created God. downward directional force, which was met by the Earth's resistance. <laughs> and I was so googly-eyed and crazy that she was like, okay. And she took her bumper and put it in her back seat and left. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you were so fucking high that you didn't get in trouble for being high. You got almost basically, saved by yeah, your level of highness. I was just so wild and just weird that she, and it was like Jesus. a it was like a remote road. That and she was like, woman. okay, <laughs> bye. Yeah, and uh, so I I had this. I, I had already had like a lot of success, kind of um, as a coxswain who was the little guy that steers the boat. Yep. I'm, I'm familiar with the coxswain. Okay, and uh, that's the limit of my knowledge. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I had a theory about rowing, but this thing just set it off to a whole other level. That it was like I can explain any sport by way of laws of motion in a way that if somebody is moderately smart, they're going to totally understand it, and it will change the way that they the, the way that they look at it. Okay, and it worked, which was so the craziest thing was that. So wait, I, what is it? Well, so the craziest thing is that I was. I want to hear the theory, and all you're telling me is about how you trip balls all the time, right? But but I mean, it's it gives it an interesting background. Well, first of all, actually, I won't go all the way into it because so this is. I'll go all the way into this drug shit. So this is Pandora's box for me. All right. Oh, so this is dangerous. This is so. Like last time I really got into it was like five years ago. Because Jonathan Martin, do you know him? He, I don't. He he's he tours adjacent to uh, Kevin Hart and those guys. Okay. 
and he knew me. He was like one of the only comics that I saw when I was in it. And it, it, was, it was like a three-hour car ride, and all I talked about was the laws of motion. So, he, <laughs> and he loved it, right? Yeah. He he went from Pete maxing out at like I think he said it was like twenty push-ups that he could do, and he did like sixty, just thinking about the laws of motion instead. And <laughs> like, well, all right. So, how do you go from twenty to sixty push-ups? This might be more valuable information to me than the the rowing thing. Right. So it, it's basically. Most athletics come down to it. It's <laughs> I, I just don't want to get stuck in like a two hour thing of explaining all this. No, shit. we've got like two minutes left. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it basically comes down to like rapid directional change and how fast things can change directions and knowing your knowing your stroke, your swing, your step, whatever it is. And the the thing about it is that everything before it changes directions. So if you if you throw a ball up in the air. When it's at the top of its path, how fast is it going? It's not moving at all. Right. It's going zero. So even though you're moving quickly and you're moving through through space and time, there's still these zero points. And the thing to do is to focus on the next zero point and anticipate it so that you tra- that you change directions as Quicker. quickly as, as quickly. So you're, you're shortening the zero point. Right. So at... At a certain point of mass of maximum exertion, there's no such thing as more strength, right? You, or, or, or more force. If you if you already got the force, that's fixed. Yeah. Like you're you're maxed out. But what you can do is change directions faster, which creates more speed. And force times speed is acceleration. Yeah. So that's how you accelerate is that way. And like I got really obsessed with uh, with Bruce Lee during this whole thing, because there was like you ever see his one inch punch? Yeah. Okay. So the the two reasons why that was so effective was, first of all, he got two feet worth of hip mo- movement into it, but he also stopped dead. Like, he, he turned around. If you watch it, he doesn't go through. It it's, it looks like he fucking bounces off. Yeah. But it's because he creates so much kinetic energy by turning around because it, it basically is a force multiplier because thing, it, the, the energy keeps going forward even though the hand comes back. Really? Yeah. So like if it was possible to if it was possible for baseball players to to have a snap back with their bat like to to make contact and just turn it around immediately, there's no there's no place in the infield that would be safe to stand. Like people's heads would get fucking blown off by kinetic energy basically. Really? Yeah, if you it, it, it's it's impossible obviously, you know. But if it was, it would be it would be crazy. Huh. Are there other examples of this that I that could help me wrap my head around it a little bit more, or do I just need mushrooms? Um, no, okay, because I'm, so, I'm willing to do mushrooms. If yeah, I have to. Just, so just tell me to, I will. So a, a a an arrow goes way faster than the speed of the release of the string, mm-hmm. right? When you shoot a bow and arrow, it goes way faster than just the snap speed to the to ninety degrees. Yeah, and the reason is because that fucker stops on a dime, changes directions immediately. It doesn't just stop. It actually reverberates. Yeah. So it's that same thing. So but why does that have an effect on the... So, all right, if I'm an arrow, at some point, regardless of where the string goes, it's no longer touching the string. Right. But it's when it stops, it's a boom. It, it like There's s- like it, an energy transfer yeah, there? Yeah, there's an energy transfer. That, right. That's a force multiplier. So in the push-ups thing... He's just focusing on like his top and bottom points. With that, and trying to it, it's you acknowledge zero, but you touch zero for as little time as possible. Yeah, 
Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think. Is there, is this there is, any way? I wasn't even thinking I was going down this road. Oh, I know. <laughs> we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't plan this at all. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way that I can apply this to, uh, all right, so like I, uh, I you know run. what you can do is stop telling jokes. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so th- the other really important thing with it all is, um, it is like crossing 90 degrees, right? So, and a, f- a friend of mine during this whole time is a, uh, she's a, a uh, she was a, an amateur Ironman, and she went from, like, 35th place to winning her age division in the amateurs by way of thinking about this stuff all the time. Yeah. That, which is nuts to say. Yeah. Right? And, and, and also keep in mind, I'm hallucinating this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it works. And it, what was scary was that it worked. Yeah. So, it's... Um, it's the zero point, and it's also crossing 90 degrees is where your power is, right? Like, your maximum power is – if you're when you're walking, once you reach – once the foot that's swinging and off the ground reaches 90 degrees to – you know, once you're upright, once yeah. you cross that, you're at, it's actually reaching for the next one is what creates your momentum. Mm-hmm. So and, – and again, when you're – when if your strength is fixed, so like, you know, you're basically going is it, it, it's probably easier to visualize with swimming. So if you're basically pulling through the water as hard as you can, that's fixed. But what you can change is reaching quicker to the next stroke. Yeah. And when you're completely stretched out, not staying there as long necessarily, but getting on it quicker. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's quick and light versus strength. So you applied this then to rowing primarily, mm-hmm. and then were able to like get sweet gigs as a rowing coach based on this. Uh, yeah. Well, a, a a boat that a buddy of mine was the head coach of was uh, they're getting their ass kicked every week, and uh, I I took them out for a session, and they were like, "Whoa, what just happened here?" And I got together with them and was like, "All right, look, if you know, if you guys." commit to doing it this way I, I guarantee you that you'll win the, the like the big dance yeah. by three seconds and they wound up winning it by 2.99 seconds holy so shit. i mean there's nothing better than aren't drugs uh, great right there's well there's nothing better <laughs> than guest coach because like guest coach is like being you know a guest comic that just comes in and rips and then it's like, who was that guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so my my buddy did all the heavy lifting of training him and stuff like yeah. that. And then I just came in and, and like as a finishing coach, basically, and and, uh, and polished him off. So because of that, it was like it, it, I, I could not have possibly had a cooler mystique about me yeah. to these kids. It was this fucking, you know, so uh, bagger Vance <laughs> hippie coach. So if you weren't doing comedy, is this what you'd be doing, applying this theory, or are you like moving past that? Um. I would go to school for human kinetics and actually, you know, prove it, yeah. I think. You know, like get a get a thesis behind it and, or try to get a PhD in it or something like that. Well, it would have to be a master's first. But, yeah, I would want to be a, a movement consultant. Well, I mean, it's it's almost unfortunate that you're so so good at comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no. I mean, it, it was a, a very crazy thing about it was that I, I talked to, you know, like, you know, I just wound up in this time running into like Harvard, phys- Harvard's physicist and shit, and they're like, yeah, that checks out. Holy shit! And, uh, and, and, well, and I was actually talking to a, a guy, this guy that was a, a physicist from Harvard, and he's like, you have a big physics background, and I was like, I've taken one class in physics 
He's like, when? It was like my junior year in high school. It's <laughs> like, how'd you do? C minus. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a hell of a class. <laughs> hell of a drug. <laughs> that guy. That we will close with this horrible joke. If if you will allow me to, please call it the end. Uh, it was this guy. Part of the reason that I did so shitty in this physics class was it. It was this guy, Mr. Emmanuel, who was brilliant, but he could not speak the English language. He was Pakistani. He had one joke, one joke only. He told it way too often and like <laughs> didn't like he couldn't keep track of like what classes he told it to. But uh, and pardon the shitty accent, but it's pretty dead on. He's he's like, uh, it, it it would be time for him to get up to teach the class, and he'd be like, he'd look around and he would like fake like he's trying to move and go. Oh no, I am being attacked by inertia right now. <laughs> that was as good as it gets to. But uh, I, I feel like I rambled and threw up a No, bunch of this shit was at great. You. I actually want to talk to you about this more, but unfortunately, you have to go fucking headline this show. All right. So, uh, Richie, thanks so much. Always Thank a pleasure. You, yeah. you have a good one, pal. Thanks, Looking buddy. forward to your set. Peace. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.